Section 53 of The Genius by Theodore Dreiser. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Book 2, Chapter 24. Days like this could not go on forever. The seed of their destruction was in their beginning. Eugene was sad. He used to show his mood at times, and, if she asked him what was the matter, would say, We can't keep this thing up much longer. It must come to an end soon. You're certainly a gloomy philosopher, Jeanie, she would say, reproachfully, for she had hopes that it could be made to last a long while under any circumstances. Eugene had the feeling that no pretense would escape Angela's psychology. She was too sensitive to his unspoken moods and feelings. She would come soon, willy-nilly, and then all this would be ended. As a matter of fact, several things combined to bring about change and conclusion. For one thing, Mrs. Hilberdell had been more and more impressed with the fact that Carlotta was not merely content to stay, but that once having come, she was fairly determined to remain. She had her own apartment in the city, ostensibly closed for the summer, for she had protested that it was too hot to live in town when she first proposed going to Narragansett. After seeing Eugene, she figured out a possible use for it, though that use was dangerous, for Norman Wilson might return at any time. Nevertheless, they had been there on occasions, this with the double effect of deceiving her mother and entertaining Eugene. If she could remain away from Riverwood a percentage of the time, she argued with Eugene, it would make her stay less suspicious and would not jeopardize their joy in companionship. So she did this. At the same time, she could not stay away from Riverwood entirely, for Eugene was there necessarily morning and evening. Nevertheless, toward the end of August, Mrs. Hilberdell was growing suspicious. She had seen an automobile entering Central Park once when Carlotta had phoned her that she had a sick headache and could not come up. It looked to Mrs. Hilberdell, who had gone downtown shopping on the strength of this ailment, and who had phoned Carlotta that she was going to call at her apartment in the evening, as though Eugene and Carlotta were in it. Eugene had gone to work that morning, which made it seem doubtful, but it certainly looked very much like him. Still, she did not feel sure it was he or Carlotta either. When she came to the latter's apartment, Carlotta was there, feeling better, but stating that she had not been out. Mrs. Hilberdell concluded thoughtfully that she must have been mistaken. Her own room was on the third floor, and several times, after all had retired, and she had come down to the kitchen or dining room or library for something, she had heard a peculiar noise, as of someone walking lightly. She thought it was fancy on her part, for invariably, when she reached the second floor, all was dark and still. Nevertheless, she wondered whether Eugene and Carlotta could be visiting. Twice, between breakfast and the time Eugene departed, she thought she heard Eugene and Carlotta whispering on the second floor, but there was no proof. Carlotta's readiness to rise for breakfast at 6.30 in order to be at the same table with Eugene was peculiar, and her giving up Narragansett for Riverwood was most significant. It remained for one real discovery to resolve all her suspicions into the substance of fact and convict Carlotta of being the most conscienceless of deceivers. It came about in this fashion. One Sunday morning, Davis and Mrs. Hilberdell 
had decided to go automobiling. Eugene and Carlotta were invited, but had refused. For Carlotta, on hearing the discussion several days before, had warned Eugene and planned to have a day for herself and her lover. She cautioned him to pretend the need of making visits downtown. As for herself, she had said she would go, but on the day in question did not feel well enough. Davis and Mrs. Hilberdell departed, their destination being Long Island. It was an all-day tour. After an hour, their machine broke, however, and after sitting in it two hours, waiting for repairs, long enough to spoil their plans, they came back by trolley. Eugene had not gone downtown. He was not even dressed when the door opened on the ground floor and Mrs. Hilberdell came in. Oh, Carlotta, she called, standing at the foot of the stairs and expecting Carlotta to appear from her own room or a sort of lounging and sewing room which occupied the front of the house on the second floor and where she frequently stayed. Carlotta, unfortunately, was with Eugene, and the door to this room was commanded from where Mrs. Hilberdell was standing. She did not dare to answer. Oh, Carlotta, called her mother again. The latter's first thought was to go back in the kitchen and look there, but on second thoughts she ascended the steps and started for the sewing room. Carlotta thought she had entered. In an instant she had seized the opportunity to step into the bath which was next to Eugene's room, but she was scarcely quick enough. Her mother had not gone into the room, only opened the door and looked in. She did not see Carlotta step out of Eugene's room, but did see her entering the bath in negligee, and she could scarcely have come from anywhere else. Her own door, which was between Eugene's room and the sewing room, was ten feet away. It did not seem possible that she could have come from there. She had not had time enough, and anyhow, why had she not answered? The first impulse of Mrs. Hilberdell was to call to her. Her second thought was to let the ruse seem successful. She was convinced that Eugene was in his room, and a few minutes later a monitory cough on his part, coughed for a purpose, convinced her. "'Are you in the bath, Carlotta?' she called quietly, after looking into Carlotta's room. "'Yes,' came the reply, easily enough. "'Did your machine break down?' A few remarks were exchanged through the door, and then Mrs. Hilberdell went to her room. She thought over the situation steadily, for it greatly irritated her. It was not the same as the discovered irregularity of a trusted and virtuous daughter. Carlotta had not been led astray. She was a grown woman, married, experienced. In every way she knew as much about life as her mother, in some respects more. The difference between them was in ethical standards, and the policy that aligns itself with common sense, decency, self-preservation, as against its opposite. Carlotta had so much to look out for. Her future was in her own hands. Besides Eugene's future, his wife's rights and interests, her mother's home, her mother's standards, were things which she ought to respect, ought to want to respect. To find her lying as she had been this long time, pretending indifference, pretending absence, and no doubt associating with Eugene all the while, was disgusting. She was very angry, not so much at Eugene, though her respect for him was greatly lowered, artist though he was, as at Carlotta. She ought to do better. She ought to be ashamed not to guard herself against a man like Eugene, 
instead of luring him on. It was Carlotta's fault, and she determined to reproach her bitterly and to break up this wretched alliance at once. There was an intense and bitter quarrel the next morning, for Mrs. Hilberdale decided to hold her peace until Eugene and Davis should be out of the house. She wanted to have this out with Carlotta alone, and the clash came shortly after breakfast when both the others had left. Carlotta had already warned Eugene that something might happen on account of this, but under no circumstances was he to admit anything unless she told him to. The maid was in the kitchen out of earshot, and Mrs. Hilberdell and Carlotta were in the library when the opening gun was fired. In a way Carlotta was prepared, for she fancied her mother might have seen other things, what or how much she could not guess. She was not without the dignity of Circe, for she had been through scenes like this before. Her own husband had charged her with infidelity more than once, and she had been threatened with physical violence by him. Her face was pale but calm. Now, Carlotta, observed her mother vigorously, I saw what was going on yesterday morning when I came home. You were in Mr. Whitla's room with your clothes off. I saw you come out. Please don't deny it. I saw you come out. Aren't you ashamed of yourself? How can you treat me that way after you promised not to do anything out of the way here? You didn't see me come out of his room, and I wasn't in there, said Carlotta brazenly. Her face was pale, but she was giving a fair imitation of righteous surprise. Why do you make such statements as that? Why, Carlotta Hilberdale, how dare you contradict me? How dare you lie? You came out of that room. You know you did. You know that you were in there. You know that I saw you. I should think you would be ashamed of yourself, slipping about this house like a street girl and your own mother in it. Aren't you ashamed of yourself? Have you no sense of decency left? Oh, Carlotta, I know you are bad. But why will you come here to be so? Why couldn't you let this man alone? He was doing well enough. It's a shame. The thing you have done, it's an outrage. Mrs. Whitla ought to come here and whip you within an inch of your life. Oh, how you talk, said Carlotta irritably. You make me tired. You didn't see me. It's the old story, suspicion. You are always full of suspicion. You didn't see me, and I wasn't in there. Why do you start a fuss for nothing? A fuss? A fuss for nothing? The idea, you evil woman. A fuss for nothing? How can you talk that way? I can hardly believe my senses. I can hardly believe you would dare to brazenly face me in this way. I saw you, and now you deny it. Mrs. Hilberdell had not seen her, but she was convinced that what she said was true. Carlotta brazened it out. You didn't, she insisted. Mrs. Hilberdell stared. The effrontery of it took her breath away. Carlotta, she exclaimed, I honestly think you are the worst woman in the world. I can't think of you as my daughter. You are too brazen. You're the worst because you're calculating. You know what you're doing, and you are deliberate in your method of doing it. You're evil-minded. You know exactly what you want, and you set out deliberately to get it. You have done it in this case. You started out to get this man, and you have succeeded in doing it. You have no sense of shame, no pride, no honesty, no honor, no respect for me or anyone else. You do not love this man. You know you don't. If you did, you would never degrade him and yourself and me as you have done. You have simply indulged in another vile relationship because you wanted to. 
and now when you're caught you brazen it out you're evil carlotta you're as low as a woman can be even if you are my daughter it isn't true said carlotta you're just talking to hear yourself talk it is true and you know it reproved her mother you talk about norman he never did a thing worse in his life than you have done he may be a gambler and immoral and inconsiderate and selfish what are you can you stand there and tell me you're any better Pah! if you only had a sense of shame something could be done for you but you haven't any you're just vile that's all how you talk ma she observed calmly how you carry on and that on mere suspicion you didn't see me i might have been in there but you didn't see me and i wasn't you're making a storm just because you want to i like mr witla i think he's very nice but i'm not interested in him and i haven't done anything to harm him you can turn him out if you want to that's none of my affairs you're simply raging about as usual without any facts to go upon carlotta stared at her mother thinking she was not greatly disturbed it was pretty bad no doubt of that but she was not thinking so much of that as of the folly of being found out her mother knew for certain though she would not admit to her that she knew now all this fine summer romance would end the pleasant convenience of it anyhow eugene would be put to the trouble of moving her mother might say something disagreeable to him besides she knew she was better than norman because she did not associate with the same evil type of people she was not coarse she was not thick-witted she was not cruel and she was not a user of vile language or an expresser of vile ideas and norman was at times she might lie and she might be calculating but not to anyone's disadvantage she was simply passion-driven boldly so and only toward love or romance am i evil she often asked herself her mother said she was evil well she was in one way but her mother was angry that was all she did not mean all she said she would come around still carlotta did not propose to admit the truth of her mother's charges or go through the situation without some argument there were charges which her mother was making which were untenable points which were inexcusable carlotta hilberdell you're the most brazen creature i ever knew you're a terrible liar how can you stand there and look me in the eye and say that when you know that i know why lie in addition to everything else oh carlotta the shame of it if you only had some sense of honor how can you lie like that how can you i'm not lying declared carlotta and i wish you would quit fussing you didn't see me you know you didn't i came out of my room and you were in the front room why do you say you weren't you didn't see me supposing i am a liar i'm your daughter i may be vile i didn't make myself so certainly i'm not in this instance whatever i am i come by it honestly my life hasn't been a bed of roses why do you start such a silly fight you haven't got a thing to go on except suspicion and now you want to raise a row i don't care what you think of me i'm not guilty in this case and you can think what you please you ought to be ashamed to charge me with something of which you are not sure she walked to the window and stared out her mother shook her head such effrontery was beyond her it was like her daughter though she took after her father and herself both were self-willed and determined when aroused at the same time she was sorry for her girl 
for Carlotta was a capable woman in her way and very much dissatisfied with life. I should think you would be ashamed of yourself, Carlotta, whether you admit it to me or not, she went on. The truth is the truth, and it must hurt you a little. You were in that room. We won't argue that, though. You set out deliberately to do this, and you have done it. Now what I have to say is this. You are going back to your apartment today, and Mr. Whitla is going to leave here as quick as he can get a room somewhere else. You're not going to continue this wretched relationship any longer if I can help it. I'm going to write to his wife, and to Norman, too, if I can't do anything else to break this up. You're going to let this man alone. You have no right to come between him and Mrs. Whitla. It's an outrage, and no one but a vile, conscienceless woman would do it. I'm not going to say anything to him now, but he's going to leave here, and so are you. When it's all over, you can come back if you want to. I'm ashamed for you. I'm ashamed for myself. If it hadn't been for my own feelings and those of Davis, I would have ordered you both out of the house yesterday, and you know it. It's consideration for myself that's made me smooth it over as much as I have. He, the vile thing, after all the courtesy I have shown him. Still, I don't blame him as much as I do you, for he would never have looked at you if you hadn't made him. My own daughter, my own house. There was more conversation that fulgurous, corsicating reiteration of charges. Eugene was no good. Carlotta was vile. Mrs. Hilberdell wouldn't have believed it possible if she hadn't seen it with her own eyes. She was going to tell Norman if Carlotta didn't reform, over and over, one threat after another. Well, she said finally, you're going to get your things ready and go into the city this afternoon. I'm not going to have you here another day. No, I'm not, said Carlotta boldly, pondering over all that had been said. It was a terrible ordeal, but she would not go today. I'm going in the morning. I'm not going to pack that fast. It's too late. I'm not going to be ordered out of here like a servant. Her mother groaned, but she gave in. Carlotta could not be made to do anything she did not want to do. She went to her room, and presently Mrs. Hilberdell heard her singing. She shook her head such a personality. No wonder Eugene succumbed to her blandishments. What man wouldn't? End of section 53